Welcome to another episode of Chan with a Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actionable steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. As I mentioned in last week's edition of ChanCap, the job search process is focused and geared towards the neuropsychological professional, meaning that professionals that did not fit this profile would have a lot harder time going through the job search process and landing their dream job. This is where my guest, Mike Mother, comes in. He is a professional with autism, and he really struggled trying to land his dream job by going through the traditional job search route of applying to jobs and interviewing at these companies. Fortunately, as he will get into in our episode today, he was able to discover a resource that honed in on his strengths. And now he's working for a well-established company to start his career after he graduated with a master's degree. So a little bit about Mike before we get started. He is from central Pennsylvania, however, went to college at West Virginia University. He earned a bachelor's degree in supply chain management, but couldn't find an internship or a job afterwards. He also tried to become a police officer for a bit, but that didn't work out either. He ended up managing the shipping and receiving of a warehouse to gain his first formal professional work experience. After doing this for a little bit, he decided to go back to West Virginia University to get his master's in business data analytics. However, despite this, he still struggled with getting a job because of his autism. Now let's get into my discussion with Mike on the realities and struggles of finding a job with autism. Hey Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on here, Max. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a while. How's the uh, new job going? Oh, well, I've been there for a little over six months now and it's going pretty well, actually. I really enjoy it. That's awesome. And we're going to get to that a bit later on, but why don't we get the listeners to learn more about you? So why don't you tell us a little bit about your yourself and your career background? So my name is Mike Motter. I am a senior analyst for a major tech company. I am supposed to keep it vague specifically which one, but uh, suffice to say, you probably use some of our products. I have a bachelor's degree from West Virginia University in global supply chain management, and I also have a master's degree in business data analytics, and it was during the course of the master's degree that one of my colleagues pointed me toward you and said that you could help me find a job, and it was pretty hard for us to do that, largely because I am autistic and that can present a lot of obstacles toward finding one. Okay, yeah, so the thing is like when we first met, I never, I didn't know you were autistic. I think it was like way at the end of our engagement is when I found out you were. So I, I didn't even realize. So with that being said, like, how can someone tell whether someone's autistic or not? Is it more of like hidden? Like you have to really get to know the person. So how can someone tell if someone has autism? Well, most other autistic people I know said that they knew it right away, just listening to my speech pattern. And if anyone listening now is autistic, you've probably picked it up already too. But that can be kind of hard to pick out if you don't know what to listen for. I wouldn't say it's hidden per se. I'd say if you look at me in an interview, you're probably just going to think this guy is different. There's something different about him, but I can't put my finger on it. And uh, usually being different like that in an interview, it's going to turn them off. So what are some signs that a hiring manager or a colleague should be aware of if they don't know that someone has autism or is autistic? 
Honestly, there are some people who have the preference of saying autistic. Some people have the preference of saying with autism. So don't worry too much about interchanging them. My preference is just is autistic. If they don't know that someone's autistic, they probably are just going to not go ahead with your application. If you go in and start talking like with an autistic speech pattern or if you don't provide the right answers to the questions, that can be an obstacle because there's a lot. There's a very, very long list of common interview questions that people ask, and it seems like the answers to those change all the time. Like, one minute you're supposed to provide this answer to this question, they might word the question slightly differently, you have to answer it in a completely different manner if they ask it slightly differently. All those little rules and nuances, it's very hard for autistic people to pick up on subtle nuances like that. Let's take a step back. What's the uh, statistics in terms of like, because you said um, when we talked offline is that people that are autistic tend to struggle in the job search, whether they're underemployed or completely unemployed. So can you give us some of those numbers? So the number being tossed around right now is that 80% of autistic people are either unemployed or underemployed. Now, underemployed would be like I was before I got my master's degree, I was driving a forklift in a warehouse, even though I had a college degree. That's just one example of being underemployed. Most autistic people I know, a lot of them don't even have a degree. Some of them have a job doing something, others don't. From an educational standpoint, uh, how many people that are autistic have degrees? I'm not sure of the statistics, but I think it's somewhere around how much of the general population has a degree, that same proportion. When you were going through your studies for your bachelor's and master's, did you struggle with learning traditionally because you're autistic? Yes, I did. Thankfully, I have a bit better executive function and I can function better in an environment like that more than a lot of other autistic people can. But there are still some challenges. Like, for example, uh, if your professor wants your work to be done in a specific way and you can't pick up on that you might not get a good grade in their class or you might say the wrong things to the wrong people and make them mad and then they won't want to work with you those are just some examples of how autistic people can struggle in an educational setting so what's some advice for someone who has uh, who is autistic or knows someone that is autistic to and how they could improve in their studies in school if you're autistic and diagnosed autistic which some people are actually undiagnosed but they know they have it if you're diagnosed your school has a disabilities office that you can go to and they can make accommodations you can also reach out to your professor let them know hey i'm having these struggles it's just because of uh my neurology and how my brain works and then they might be better to work with you because then they'll know that there's actually something with your mentality and your mental health instead of you're just stupid for lack of a better word Okay, so is that what you did in in your school? So they're able to adapt and fit into an environment that you would excel at? Yes, I did. I did tell some people I was autistic. They did help me. Some things I got more time to work with or better detailed directions on stuff. And I did much better after I started telling people I was autistic. All right, so let's let's move on to the job search portion. So like you said, the job interview game is not catered towards the autistic community is geared more towards what was that term that you said before like neurotypicals neurotypicals yeah so it's geared towards neurotypicals so what has been your struggle from an interview 
preparation and interview a presentation standpoint? Well, you may recall we had a lot of mock interviews that we walked through, but uh, then I get there and some interviewer would have, he'd be looking for a somewhat different answer than what we went over to the different questions. And I didn't know that. Also, there's a lot of information about what you're supposed to do in interviews. It's not always easy for me to remember all of that. I know we talked about this before in terms of like, should you bring up that you're autistic? Did you start doing that in the later interviews to see if they are willing to adapt? Or did you not do that at all and try to see if you can effectively do well in the interview based off our training? Well, I usually didn't tell them I was autistic, but there was a few that I did. They seem to be more understanding, but I still wouldn't get an offer after that. It's one of those delicate situations where if you don't bring it off, then they'll think that there's something off with you, as you said earlier. If you do bring it up, yes, they might be more understanding, but then they might feel uncomfortable like working with you. Like, did you ever have that feeling or what are, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely that you summed it up pretty well. Autism still isn't well understood because up until a few years ago, if you said autism in any capacity, people would associate that with people like who are nonverbal and don't have an executive function and can't take care of themselves and wouldn't be applying for these kinds of jobs in the first place. But recently we found out that you can be autistic and you can be in a traditional work environment with some accommodations. Some people just don't know that. So if you tell them you're autistic, that's why they are probably going to be turned off. Which goes to our next uh, part of the conversation. So when did you started looking for a solution? Because you said that you did multiple interviews and you just weren't landing anything. Because again, like you said, the interview process is geared toward neurotypicals and not someone with uh, autism or who is autistic. So how did you realize that there were other options out there to help you land that job based off your uh, education that you worked for? My master's degree took place over a year from August 2020 to August 2021. We got to about April and things really weren't working out. April 2021. You may recall we had an interview with Amtrak that I prepared for and we prepared for it really well. And that was one of my dream companies. And that interview didn't work out for some reason. And after that, I really got disheartened and wondering if I was ever going to find a job. Then I started looking up neurodiversity hiring initiatives just to see if they existed. And turns out they do. Okay. And why don't you walk us through that process? Like, So you looked up a neurodiversity group uh, in your area at the time. What, what happened? Did you just send them an email? Did you call them? Like, wh How did that process all come about? Well, actually, the first neurodiversity hiring initiative I found was with Microsoft because they have their own in-house neurodiversity hiring initiative. So I filled out their intake form. Usually they have an intake form, kind of like an interest card would be. So I filled that out. They got back to me and they just weren't hiring data scientists at that time. The second group I reached out to, and I have permission from them to talk about them, was one called Neurodiversity in the Workplace. And they weren't associated with any specific company. They just worked with neurodiverse individuals and tried to get them placed in a job in their field. The process with that was I filled out their intake form. They sent me an email and I had a meeting online with one of the coordinators of that program and told him what I was going to college for. And I gave him my resume and he told me he'd get back to me in a few weeks with 
if anything came up. And then about two weeks later, he sent me the request if I wanted to interview with the company I work for now. In terms of this uh, individual, were they more understanding and accommodating? And what I mean by that is like they interacted with you that accommodated your uh, autistic nature compared to like other people? Definitely. He's from a group that works with autistic people and they also go to other companies and do autism trainings. So he's very well versed in autism and the world of that, even though he's a neurotypical. Okay. And let's say, yeah, so you, you went through the interview process. So what's the interview process like that makes it different than your neurotypical interview? On a Monday morning, they sent me an email and it said to download a specific software and then do a project with some instructions provided with that software. And the project was to take two different data files and compare certain data between them and see what doesn't match up, which we'd done a lot in grad school. We just hadn't used the specific software for it. I stayed up half the night staring at it and trying to make it work. And then it all clicked and I just did it really quick. The next day, we met the people from my company for the first time. They just asked me a few questions to get to know me. But it wasn't like a regular interview. They didn't ask, what's your greatest strength and what's your greatest weakness or stuff like that. And I showed them what I had made and they were really impressed by it. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah, that was what I was looking for. Yeah, so it was more of a technical interview where you did the assignment and then you presented it. But there was no, none of those behavioral questions like, oh, tell me about time that you had to juggle multiple priorities or tell me about time you had a conflict with a coworker. It, it was mainly focused on your strengths. That's exactly it. I kind of wish like, interviews were more straightforward like that where they evaluate your skills, not like talk about all these hypothetical questions because it, it does get a bit like irritating, right? Like, oh, tell me like your greatest weakness or tell me if this happened, what would you do, right? Like, like some people, they just want to get into the nitty gritty and do the technical. And I personally prefer those types of interviews and like trying to answer those hypothetical questions. So I, I'm glad that they were able to suit the interview to the style that you're familiar with and good at, which helped you land the job that you have now. With all that being said, so you got the offer in terms of like working at this company, did they make accommodations because you're autistic? Right now, everyone's working from home, which uh, is a common autistic accommodation because usually we do better in an environment like if I'm sitting at my house doing stuff rather than being in the office. The date that we're supposed to all go back to the office keeps getting pushed off more and more. I have been there a few times and it's pretty nice, but it's not where I'd want to work. So with that being said, are you like once people go back to the office, whether it's hybrid or full time, are you able to stay out like work remotely full time? Is that the end goal? Right now, my team is thinking that we're going to go to the office just one day a month or so, which is good because I live quite a distance away from the office and I wouldn't want to go there every day. Oh, so that's just for you, like the whole team just once a month. Yes. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I know like. A lot of companies are trying to see what they want to do from a work flexibility standpoint. So it's interesting to hear from professionals like yourself on how that their company that they're working for is implementing that workout flexibility. The other big accommodation that I get, everyone on my team has been really direct with their feedback. Like I've been at other jobs where if you do something wrong, they expect you to kind of figure it out or just get it. They don't do that at my work. They're always really direct with stuff. They're always saying, Kim, we need to do a little bit better on this or you're doing great on this. And uh, there's no room for, are they being truthful? Are they being straightforward? I know that they always mean what they say. Going back to that. So in your past workplaces that you worked at, they didn't really accommodate you because you're autistic, right? It was more like 
this is our environment. Uh, take it or leave it, right? Exactly. How, how did you feel at that workplace? Like, did you feel stressed? Like, like let's say you have your weekend and then on Mondays, like, okay, I really don't want to be here. Like, they're not accommodating me. I don't feel comfortable. Like, what, did you get a lot of that during the workplaces that you were part of? That's exactly it. Like, sometimes if I did something wrong, they wouldn't tell me. And then like a month later, they come to me and be like, hey, you've been doing this and this and this all the time. And it's really horrible. But did they know you were autistic or they they did, but then they just said, okay, uh, we don't really understand. We just need this done the way we want it to be done. Well, I did have one supervisor at one of my jobs who thought he knew everything about autism because he had a nephew who was autistic. But the thing is, every person who's autistic, we're all different and we all have slightly different quirks in a way. So how, what would you say to people that are neurotypical and they have someone that's autistic on their team? Like what's some advice you can give to people to make sure that everybody can work in a safe environment? So with the autistic person, you should be giving them clear and direct feedback and clear and straightforward instructions because uh, there's a really good chance if you give them a project to do with really vague directions for it, they're not going to know what to do and it's going to stress them out. Thankfully, this hasn't been a problem in my workplace. I get really nice, straightforward directions with stuff and people are always there if I have questions. It may seem like the autistic person is asking too many questions, but that's just for them to figure it out. On the other side, you have to be patient with them. What else should someone be aware of when they're working with someone who's autistic? They should probably be aware that autistic people may say something and make them mad, but they're not meaning to. They're just trying to be social. It's pretty hard for autistic people to figure out exactly how to be social around different people. Do they want to be social? So what I mean by that is like, let's say as people go back to the office, there's like the lunch break where the team gets together and have lunch. Obviously people who are autistic have different preferences, but do they prefer to be integrated in that group lunch or is it more they want to sit at their desk and do their own thing? I'd say most uh, autistic people do want to be part of a group and they do want to be around other people and they want to make friends with some people. All right. And how do you welcome uh, someone who's autistic in the, into the workplace environment? and treat them well i'd say just include them in stuff like if you're going over to lunch ask them if they want to come if you have a project you're working on make sure that uh, they're involved with it just make sure that you're including them along with everyone else now don't treat them exactly like everyone else because they may have special accommodations but they do want to be included and want to be doing the same stuff you're doing Great. And what is some advice that you can give to people listening, whether they working with someone or know someone who is autistic or someone who's autistic right now and they're struggling in their studies or in their current workplace? Like what's some advice you can give to people to have a more united front, so to speak? My advice for that would be probably to just make use of the resources that are available to you, like whether that be a disability office or if there's maybe some other people you know who are autistic. You can always go on the internet. There's autism communities like on Reddit and other sites that you can get a, you can get help from too. I'd say overall, the world is gonna is a lot kinder than neurotypicals make it out to be. Uh, th- that's good. And so you wanted to come on a podcast to talk about this, right? So what's your mission, so to speak, and your journey in terms of like what you want to do to I'm assuming like create more awareness into the uh, autistic community. I want more people to know what it's like to be autistic for one and also just to learn more about autism so that way people 
are more educated about it and they can learn how to interact with autistic people better. I've started making some videos on YouTube to explain some concepts of autism. Like, for example, uh, I just made one explaining why we don't say Asperger syndrome anymore. That was a common word that people used to use. But uh, overall, if I can get out there and educate more people, the world's going to be better for autistic people. That's awesome. And I want to end this podcast with uh, one last question for you. So as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to help them get to the next level of the career. So I know you talked in detail about your career journey. What was the biggest challenge that you had to face in your career? And what steps did you take to solve it in order to get to where you are today? My biggest challenge was accepting that I am autistic and that it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I often say in my videos that autism is not a bad word, but autistic people have certain strengths that they can bring to the table. Being data-oriented and data-minded is one of them. So once I learned to basically take that strength I had and leverage it, then I could go further in my career. I, I didn't ask you this yet in our episode. How did you get diagnosed that you were autistic? Was it like your parents or did you have to do it yourself? Because you said a lot of people who are autistic are actually undiagnosed right now. I am actually undiagnosed myself because it's very, very hard to get diagnosed as autistic if you're not like a little kid. And when I was the age most people get diagnosed now, people didn't really know what autism was. Like they might have said I had Asperger syndrome back then, or I might have had other disabilities, but no one thought of autism until basically I was in college. So if, you, if you're undiagnosed, how did you know that you had autism or how, that you knew that you were autistic? Because I did research on it and I did see other therapists who agreed I probably was autistic, but since they weren't psychiatrists, they couldn't perform a straight up diagnosis. But uh, I found out about autism and its different forms when I was in fifth grade. And from that moment on, I just knew I had it. What, what was your parents' thoughts on it? Did they think that you were making stuff up or were they supportive? My parents really didn't know what to make of it. They knew I had mental health struggles and I wasn't doing well in school and such. And they thought for a long time that I shouldn't be telling people I was autistic. But now they're warming up to it now that they saw that I got a good job partially because I'm autistic. Now they're warming up to it and they enjoy hearing about stuff like this. Yeah, it's one of those things where you feel uncomfortable. Like back then, you feel uncomfortable bringing it up because people don't know how to react. But now I think like as the world's getting to a more better place, people are more welcoming with diversity, right? So I think like... With a, with a lot of these like organizations that are helping people with various disabilities, so to speak, uh, I think we're going to be more united as the future happens. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time, Mike, to share your story of your autistic journey in terms of like the struggles you had to face from an educational standpoint and a workplace standpoint, and you were able to find the necessary resources to help you get to that level of your career. So how can people contact you to learn more about your journey and how someone who is autistic needs some guidance? So I'm available on YouTube. My channel's just Mike Motter, but you can look up Mike Motter World of Autism. Also, I'm available by email. My email is mcmotter at mix.wvu.edu or on LinkedIn. If you can find me on there, I'm obviously one of your connections on there. Yeah, you're, you're one of my clients, right? So yeah, again, I really appreciate you taking time and it was great to catch up. And I'm glad you're doing well in your new job. Yes, thank you for having me. I will. I always like being able to share my message like this.
So thanks again. Thank you again to Mike for coming on my podcast and sharing his story. And I hope my listeners feel inspired with his story to showcase that even when you think the odds are insurmountable, by being resourceful and to continually push yourself, even in the face of adversity, you will achieve the goals you have set out for your career. As always, if you want to hear my own thoughts and insights based on key discussion points in this episode, then make sure to check out Chancap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you are a professional that's looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post content to help elevate your career, such as providing guidance on the job search and actionable career advice to help take your career to the next level. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to join. This again is Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.